Hello and welcome to Filmhead Podcast. This is our uh, newest episode. We haven't been around in a while, and we are going to uh, discuss a, um, a uh, uh, quite a, uh, a mystery of a film uh, titled Ben and Arthur. Ben and Arthur. Uh, but before we do that, we are going to discuss our uh, our little um, history that we've had since our last podcast. So let's begin. Alex, how has your stuff been? My stuff has been stuffy. I it's it's been it's how long has it been? Let me look. Let me go. Oh, what a perfect plug! I'm on Facebook right now. And if you go to facebook.com slash filmheadpodcast, you will locate our podcast page on Facebook. Our last episode was Gondola Joe, episode six. That was in January. Good gosh. We didn't do anything for February because we're losers. No. Mm -hmm. Um, But little update. Um, Bradley has a sort of job now. So, um, and then I'm working on my things. So this may become not so regular anymore, if you can't tell it already. <laughs> um, as we're not going to be as regular as normal, but we'll still pump these out when we have the creative energies and time and everything. Um, and uh, crap. Well, that has been episode seven. <laughs> Yeah, um, we're doing Ben and Arthur today, and um, this has been this episode seven. So we're going to talk a bit about the movies we've seen since then. It's been like at least like, it's like almost two months. Yep. Um, so we're just going to kind of skim over the movies we've seen since then, things we've been doing. Uh, would you like to go first, Bradley? Sure. Um, mine's been kind of boring because I haven't really had much time to watch stuff. It's been a busy uh, man. Yeah, but I've watched the last movies I've seen. Well, I did go see the Oscar showcase, uh-huh. so I got I got to see all the Oscar movies. Oh, the Oscars happened since last podcast. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not happy with who won and whatnot, but I'm glad that Jennifer Lawrence won and uh, Christoph Waltz won and Tarantino won something, but no. Uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I also saw Office Space for the first time. Bad Day at Black Rock, which is a pretty cool Spencer Tracy movie about a paranoid little town. That was pretty neat. Um, and Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, which I was unbelievably underwhelmed because it was it was an hour and fifty minutes of people running from bad guys. And not talking about their past life or anything, they're just talk. They're just like, okay, let's go this way. Hey, I can't swim. Oh no, let's jump in this water. Oh no, oh I can swim now. Okay, uh, okay, let's go to this place. Okay, okay. I I don't get the classic thing. I I really don't. It was nicely shot. Anyway, (laughs) uh, yeah, my life's been kind of boring. Is that it? Is that all you've seen? Yeah, late. Wow. I I loved Office Space, though. It was great. Office Space was a lot of fun. 
like once you get an actual job like anywhere it you can relate to it so much more yeah really i mean the whole like manager oh yeah employee relationship yeah i totally went with that one yeah um so is that it for you yeah i haven't really watched much lately oh what a boring man but he's been doing much he's been he's been working hard he's um i got a lot i'm got a new client at the bank and we're making a lot of money um he'll be doing very well and maybe he'll get the promotion soon that's right i hope so hey bradley did you get the promotion nah you didn't get it did you they told me I would get it. We are in four months. They betrayed me. They didn't keep their promise. They tricked me, and I oh, don't care. Anymore. You didn't tell people about that. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I saw the room. In the a theaters. theater with so people. Much fun. It was a great, great experience. It was. I was the loudest one in the room, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I annoyed everyone, but I didn't really care. I had so much fun. But uh, what was really weird is n- everyone was really confused when I started yelling at the screen. They were all like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, that's the whole point. And they were like, you need to be quiet. And so I kept on yelling anyway. Actually, I'm lying. That didn't happen. Uh, everyone was involved. It was a lot of fun. And we got to throw spoons at the theater. We brought our own football. That was fun. If any of you don't know what the room is, we'll probably talk about that in the Spin and Arthur review. Yeah, because Compar- it'll probably exactly. Uh, this will be our- this is our first bad movie episode. Yes. Um, so it'll be it'll be interesting. We haven't done one before. Um. So if that's it for Bradley, I will uh, I will take over. Say some things I've watched. I finished Barry Lyndon since the last episode. So the only Kubrick movie I haven't seen yet completely is Spartacus. Um, Barry Lyndon is. Like a simple story, well, not extremely simple, but it's like uh, a good drama um, with like different characters. Uh, how would you say? Good character arcs and how they interact with each other is nicely played out. But because it's, I wouldn't say it's sort of stretched out, but it's like things take a while to happen. It's a little slow moving. Um, this be- oh my gosh the shots the cinematography is so beautiful each shot basically looks like a painting um there's a lot of like zoom outs i don't know what you'd call them um but it basically like starts on say a person and then it slowly zooms out to show like the the surrounding area um there's a lot of those and it's just gorgeous so it's like i called it like 1700 uh, period film Odyssey or something like that yeah. um, because I'm stupid and like to say things like that. And uh, actually, I consider A Clockwork Orange to be um, uh, 2010 a, a, Be- a Beethoven rape Odyssey. And I consider um, Eyes Wide Shut to be 2000 and actually 1999 a sex Odyssey. <laughs> And I consider Doctor Strangelove to be 1964, a The Red Scare Odyssey. Um, <laughs> and I believe that Spartacus is um, 
when is this? Uh, whenever Spartacus was a homosexual innuendo odyssey. And I believe that The Shining is Jack Nicholson. So anyway, <laughs> Barry Lyndon was marvelous. I loved it very much. Um, it was very long. Um, there's two very distinct uh, separate acts. Um, and I just I just loved it all immensely. It was great. Um, not ex- not com- I actually didn't think I would enjoy it as much as I did. But um, it was a little bit of a grower. And I liked it very much. Um, moving along... I saw I saw side effects in theaters on Valentine's Day, which was hilarious because we have two theaters. Oh, you saw yeah side effects. Yeah, the Soderbergh movie. Um, we have two theaters here in the town I live in. One is a Carmike, and it's like seven seven uh, screens, but it's like an old theater, and it's like it's not very good at all because like of the two, it's the lesser, so like people don't go there as much. Um, and then we have a Regal 14, which is like really good stadium seating, all that stuff. Um, so everyone on Valentine's Day was crowded into the little car mic watching Safe Haven. And um, I feel like there was another one that came out that day. I really think we need to watch that one and talk about it. Let's talk about it. Because that ending blows my mind. I didn't look at the Wikipedia plot, but I mean, I understand that it's something supernatural, right? It's the, uh, you know what? We're going to save that one for a rainy day. We will. We will. Yeah, keep talking. Um, so basically everyone was like crammed into that small theater because, you know, the females of the couple were like, ah, Nicholas yeah. And <laughs> meanwhile, um, identity theft, I think. Identity thief. That might have been the oh, other one that was at the that, car mic. That looks that looked terrible. Ugh. But meanwhile, my girlfriend and I were nice, and, nice and cozy in the Regal 14 with stadium seating in an empty theater watching side effects. It was marvelous. Um, it was it was a good movie. It was just like a kind of one time consumable thing. It was it was yeah. solid. Um, I saw the producers. And I adore the, the producers. You saw them. I saw I saw Gene Wilder. Um, oh. he, be, he became my favorite athlete. Oh my gosh! Okay. <laughs> you have to talk about it now. <laughs> okay, if you're on Facebook, I'm, I'm just going to give you a little tip, a little word of advice. <laughs> if you, <laughs> if you, if you come. <laughs> If you stumble across a page that's titled Beautiful Black Babies, do not like this page. <laughs> okay? Now, on Facebook, you know, usually it doesn't show, like, pictures posted from pages. And if it does, you can hide them. You can't do this on your phone. <laughs> I'm out in public. I want to check my Facebook. I get swamped in black children. <laughs> I'm sc- I, where's my friends? I just want to see what my friends have to say. I'm tired of all these African infants. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm looking on the page. They like they post one every ten minutes. They do. It's the ridiculous. Uh. <laughs> I thought I was just going to be funny by adding random pages to my ath- favorite athletes. Oh. I type in black babies and see that page. I'm like, okay, that'll work. I regretted it every second. <laughs> I had to de-like it and put glaciers on there instead. <sighs> Avoid beautiful black babies. Anyway, <laughs> Gene Wilder is on that list, by the way, which is why I made the connection. Um, but I saw the producers, and I loved it very much. Oh, it. Uh, what do you, it mean you saw the producer. Oh, the producer! I'm <laughs> such a retard. I thought you, mean you saw the producers of Side Effects. No. <laughs> I was like, how did this happen? Quit posting babies on my wall. (laughs) Oh, man. We haven't even started Ben and Arthur. No. Um, I don't even know how long we've been going. How long have we been going? Let me check the clock. Oh, not bad. Um, The producers, the film, the Mel Brooks film. Um, I liked it a lot. It had a very, it, in the first part before the play, it it had a real, like, um, how would you call it? I wouldn't really say Ed Wood feel, but it felt like it was just like a group of friends just like filming something. Yeah. It's just like, I don't feel a budget right now. And then the play came through and it kind of took a little bit more of a bigger, a bigger, um however you'd want to call it feel but um i loved it so much um not so much while i was watching it but after the fact i was like that was amazing i loved that um it's just one of those feel-good movies one of those you know old 50s 60s feel-good movies i loved it a lot um i saw the postman always rings twice uh really good noir um that's about all i can say about that uh, it's not too incredible. Nothing too, too memorable. Um, saw Soylent Green. It was, it was this like, I love it because it's like, even two thousand one had this a little bit, but like sci future sci fi set in like the late sixties and seventies. You're just like, look at that seventies hair. Yeah. <laughs> And, like, the futuristic stuff is all, like, you know, abstract and, like, you know, like the big 70s chairs. And it's like, yeah, this is the future. Um, so it definitely had a big 70s vibe. But it had a, it had an interesting concept to kind of keep it going. But, I mean, it wasn't anything marvelous. Um, and uh, I saw – I want to talk about this a little bit. I saw Rosemary's Baby. Oh, yeah. This is probably tied with The Shining for my favorite horror film of all time. Um, I was blown away by this. I did not expect it at all. Um, what I, I, I didn't know anything about it apart from the fact that it was like this woman who had a child and something about like satanic neighbors. That's all I knew. Um, so I expected, you know, like suburbs, blah, 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 whatever. But it's set in this apartment complex. 
and they're like basically down the hall neighbors. Um, she she basically has. I don't know how much I should talk about it, but um, it's basically these just. She suspects that her neighbors are like Satan worshippers who want her child for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, it is. I don't know. It's just like everything that you can do right about a horror film, it does. Right. It's uh, it uses surrealism in the per- like perfect ways. Um, it knows like when to. Ke- it keeps you in the shadows so much, um, which is like what The Shining did and what a perfect horror film should do. It's it should keep you imagining. It should keep you guessing. It shouldn't just blatantly show everything all the time. Um. There were like plot points that were introduced and then resolved at just the right times. Um, like something at the very beginning that pays off at the very end of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it just like gave the movie a really big feel. Um, really expansive, even for such a small and claustrophobic film. But I loved it immensely. Um, I'd recommend it for anyone who likes horror. Um, not whores, but horror. Um, or if you like both, whatever, you'll yeah. probably like it. Um, I saw that, and then uh, to close off this little update, I'm going to talk a bit about Star Wars Despecialized. <clears throat> There's this guy who basically upscaled the original Star Wars into HD. Um, I don't know how he did it. I think he took... I know he used a lot of sources, like a lot, a lot of uh, different like DVD or movie types, um, like different mats and things like that, and basically constructed original versions of the films that are as close to the theatrical as possible, yeah. um, taking out all the Blu-ray changes. And uh, I got like Blu-ray cases and printed out the custom covers. Um, and everything it's marvelous it's beautiful and they play on blu-ray players um i check them out if you're interested um because fun fact you can buy just the normal dvd standard definition of a new hope with that comes with the original theatrical version you can buy it on amazon for 90 dollars or or you can download despecialize for free and have it be hd <clears throat> it's wonderful. So go check that out, guys. Um, I think that's it. Amen. Amen. On to Ben Arthur. On Ben Arthur. Okay. What? Uh, where should we begin? All right. Um, ben and Arthur could stop it with the babies. <laughs> You're welcome. Um. So Ben and Arthur might be. Uh. The worst movie I've ever seen in my life. Uh, period. Yes. There's there's nothing remotely good about it. Um, and unlike The Room or Birdemic or Plan 9 from Outer Space or Troll 2 or um, uh, I guess I haven't seen Manos yet. But um, unlike those, this movie is at first funny. Like those other movies, but what's on? But 
the big difference here is when you watch it again and you really think about it, it's one of the most offensive and insulting movies to humanity to ever exist. Like, even more than Biodome or something. It is a horribly offensive and insulting movie. Um, before you move on, I'm going to say something real fast. Um, we, uh, we have been working on a couple of small projects um, I have been compiling this really big comprehensive Twilight review uh, that's on YouTube. I have the first three movies done, and I'm working on the last two slash last, last one. Um, and you can go see that on my channel. And then Bradley is also working on Ben and Arthur. Yeah. So he has been uh, di- kind of diving into this movie and uh, picking it apart and everything. So, uh, yes, anyway, continue. Yes. Um, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's terrible. So, uh, without further ado, I guess we can just start kind of talking about it a little bit. Uh, ben and Arthur is the story of a man who, uh, well, a couple, a gay couple, who um, are having a little conflict with... Uh, okay, hold on a second. The couple is Ben and Arthur, obviously. Yes. Arthur is the main character, and he is played by Sam Marajevich. I guess that's how you pronounce it. Who basically? I really, I really don't care. No. Um, but not only is he the, the the lead star of the film, but he is also the director of the film, the producer of the film, the writer of the film, the uh, the composer of the film, the cinematographer of the film, executive the ed- producer. The, the executive producer, yes, the editor of the film, and is also the only actor to uh, go nude in the film. Yeah. Um, now, I'm not gay in any way. Not in any way. Me neither. But if you watch this film, and all the people that you'd rather, you know, see have a scene like this, it is not this guy. No. He's and he's a big tubby baby. Um, yeah. I go on to the website of Ben and Arthur. It's pretty funny. Uh, by the way, um, and so, like, like on AngelFire.com or something. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I'm on the Wikipedia page. I don't feel like thinking up the plot myself, so I'm just gonna read it. Okay. Ben and Arthur are a homosexual couple eagerly awaiting the legalization of gay marriage in Hawaii so that they may travel there for their dream wedding. After a news bulletin that a judge has made a ruling that will allow gay weddings to take place, the men purchase, ticket, uh, purchase plane tickets and prepare to depart. However, before they leave, they discover that a challenge to the judge's ruling has resulted in a suspension of gay marriage in Hawaii, pending further judicial law. So... Yeah, that, that's kind of like the first little conflict of the movie. That made it sound okay. This movie basically starts out with a guy wake, uh, being woken up by, this be- uh, by a phone call. And Ben, this is Arthur, the guy who's asleep. Ben is the one who wakes him up from the phone call. Ben is like in the middle of the forest or something. <laughs> and he calls Arthur... He's in like just a ask- park with like trees around him or something. Yeah, just asking if he if he heard anything yet. And he says, "No, I'm asleep." 
the TV just broke. What? <laughs> I I don't get it. I don't get what the point of his TV being broken. I, I don't get why he has to be asleep. Um, one of like the big rules of screenwriting is never start your film with like an alarm clock or someone waking up. It's just so. It's so cliche. It it's mundane stupid. and forced. Why? Why couldn't it just start with Ben or Arthur uh, turning the TV on? I mean, this isn't this isn't a big deal, but it's really stupid because I mean, I really don't care how the TV got broken or anything, but it really doesn't make sense. Why couldn't the why couldn't the TV just be on? <laughs> I I don't know. I, that's just a little nitpick of mine. Um, but yeah, five hours later after. <clears throat> Uh, well, hold on a second. So he's on. He gets up. And he says, "No, the TV just broke." He's like, "We'll check the radio." So he goes over to the radio and he turns it on. And um, at the perfect time, he he gets on the radio at the perfect time, <clears throat> just as they are announcing that homosexuals can get married in Hawaii. So, uh, they uh, five hours later they celebrate. Yeah, five hours later they like. There's like a little time card. It says five hours later, and then Ben goes to Arthur's house, and they hug, and they're like, "Let's go to Hawaii." <laughs> um, they pack up. It's the, the stupidest song ever made. Uh, it's called "Let's Go," and uh, then then they figure out, you know, they can't get married in Hawaii because of a rule or a uh, or a challenge to the judge's judge's ruling that has resulted in a suspension of gay marriage in Hawaii pending further judicial rule uh, yeah. review. Now, realize we've basically talked about the first five, ten minutes of the movie. No, 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 no. You, you just gave it way too much credit. That was like the first two minutes of the movie, <laughs> excluding the credits. That was two minutes. Like, I'm not even over. I'm not even exaggerating. You're, you're right. Yeah, five minutes, including the credits, because the credits like are just are like Sam's name like for three minutes. Yeah. But and, oh, and by the way, we have to mention this. The credits are just. Uh, I guess we can talk about the credits real quick. The credits are like... It looks like puke in a lava lamp. It looks like that. It's like puke in a lava lamp, and then the titles come up while ragtime plays. Yeah, the entertainer is playing over. And and when the actual title comes up, you can't even read it. (laughs) Like, there's no... There's no drop shadow. You can't even even tell what it is. There's no outline. It just blends in with the puke. And it's purple... The background is orange, and the the title is purple. It's like it doesn't even fit. And uh, anyway, so uh, the next day, or after they figure out that they can't get married, the, uh, Arthur gets really mad and throws a hissy fit. And uh, he, he that. yeah, he he has like fifteen hissy fits in this movie. And he explains how. He's so mad. The country is just ignorant and everything. And then you can. He hopes he doesn't get drafted. Yeah, he says. He says, if they, um, if we start a war, we're already in a war by the time this movie came out. By the way, uh-huh. it, it's it, it's like the Iraq War was like kind of going on by this time. The movie was released in two thousand two, so chances are it was going on, uh-huh. or like nine eleven just happened or something. 
Um, if we get into and he says verbatim, I'm just gonna say it. I'm just gonna say verbatim. If we ever get into a war and they draft my ass, I'll I guess I'll re- I guess I'll reject it because if if I'm not good enough to get married in this country, then I'm sure as hell not dying for it. Well, there's several problems with that stupid sentence. Is one, the the drafting system kind of ended like I don't know thirty years ago. <laughs> Forty and, years ago. Yeah, well, in, in, in this the movie, point, yeah, yeah, at this point it was like thirty, and it also, um, we were already in a war by the time this movie was being made, I, I guess, and uh, and just the line is really stupid. So anyway, he has a hissy fit, and then Ben tells him some news. Ben is married. To Tammy, and he hasn't divorced her yet. Every okay, every scene in this movie has a stupid development and is surrounded by insurmountable stupid things. We're three, like three, like shooting the credits. We're like three minutes into the movie, and we've already glossed over like at least over five things that are just completely yeah. wrong. Well, this is the biggest thing about the whole marriage thing. They talk about later that they've been together for like two, uh, I think three years. And he and Tammy have been married for five. Um, <sighs> Arthur never knew that that Ben was married. Ever. In three years. And Tammy never had any suspect, uh, any suspicion that her husband was with a gay man for three years you'd think you'd catch on after three years. I get like a few months, maybe three months, but after three years, you would really start questioning why he's like not home at 12 in the morning or something. Like it just kind of living with someone else. Yeah, that too. He's living with Arthur and you kind of get to a point where you're like, when like you'd think he, she would go, well, my husband hasn't been home in like, I don't know, four weeks. I wonder where he is. And it just doesn't make any sense. So Arthur uh, gets all mad and he writes in his diary. (laughs) Dear diary. (laughs) Which he never does again. Yeah. So Ben contacts Tammy and and, uh, comes out to her. And uh, she's like, you're not gay and I'll be gay for you if we want to be together. It makes so much sense, doesn't? Then, uh, then, the, the, then they, the, I, they, I guess they did get. I guess they get divorced. I don't know. You're already getting flustered. It's like I don't know if they get divorced or not. They never talk. They never explain it. Um. By so the way, I, um, yeah. If you guys want to watch this movie, the easiest way is on YouTube. Yeah, and well, the first part is called B N. Like B N A one, and it's one word. It's I, I don't know why it's like that. It looks it looks really weird, but that's the only way you're gonna find it. Yeah, um, you can look for Ben and Arthur, and you'll find like all the different parts. And if you go to that guy's channel, you'll find that B N A one video like mixed yeah. in. Yeah. So. Um. Yeah, I, I think anyone. I think everyone should. Okay, I'm gonna uh, before I even get to like the the next part, I'm gonna say if you are if you like just movies in general or like watching really bad disasters happen or you like watching children get murdered 
if you enjoy that kind of thing, you will probably like Ben and Arthur. Yeah, um, I loved it. <laughs> okay, so Wikipedia again. Um, computer, quit freezing. Okay. After the, after the disappointment of their near wedding, Ben and Arthur resumed their daily lives. Working in a small diner in Los Angeles, where Ben is a dishwasher and Arthur is a waiter. Although Ben, a former nurse who quit to pursue a music career, enjoys the manual labor in hours. Wait, wait, what? A, a former nurse a, who a, quit. A music career? Yeah. I don't remember that. I remember it, I think. He, he mentions it for like one time. Was that in like the dishwashing scene? Or? Yeah, he goes like, "Yeah, I want to work on my music." Oh, that's, that's right. That's, yeah, that's, that is it. That is it. He never talks about it again. Um, that happens a lot in this movie. Just things said in passing yeah. that are like, "Oh, wow, that's pretty major." Um, Arthur has grown impatient with servitude and putting up with needy customers. One night, Arthur decides to quit and go back to college so he, that he can earn an MBA and open his own sex shop. Although the loss of income to the household means that Ben will have to quit and return to being a nurse, he agrees to do so in order to help Arthur pursue his dream. All right. There are so many problems in this little scene that it's not even... It doesn't even seem possible. Um, They work... As I said, they work in this diner, and Ben is a dishwasher and Arthur is a waiter. Well, there's a scene where they're washing dishes... And they start talking about their futures, but they talk like they're like workers, like they're just work buddies, and they've never really had this conversation before. Yeah, in three years. And like they act like they've never talked before or something, or like I've I've had conversations like this with the people I worked with, but it was like it's, it was like it was like, later. It was stuff like. Um, I want to open my own sex shop. And like, he's like, Oh really? Well, that's cool. It's nice. They have some goals, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's nice. to have some goals, man. And, um, it, it doesn't. And they say, you know, like 10 times if, if even that, um, it's such a confusing scene because you just like, do they know each other? Like, <laughs> Uh, is this like when I watched the movie? I thought this was a past scene. Mm-hmm. Like I thought this was a flashback or something. Um, like what he's writing in his diary, and then the next scene is them in the diner. Like I thought maybe it was like a flashback to a past time. I, that would have made a little sense. But no, this movie, but not for not. this movie. It, Sam Raivich isn't that intelligent. No, do something like that. So anyway, uh, Arthur goes out and he waits people in his socks and sandals. He's so, he's so fashionable. And he, he gives every and this one uh, mean lady's like, I want more coffee in my cup. It, even though she, she wasn't even like that rude the first time. Like she goes, hey, look, the, you barely put any enough coffee in the cup after you pour some coffee in her cup. And and he's like, oh, I'm sorry. So he pours it. And then this makes him quit. Just because of one mean, one of one mildly rude customer. Like, she's not even that mean. She says, you, like, that's something I would mention to the waiter. 
if they if they like put my cup half full, I'd be a little ticked off too. Mm-hmm. It's like that's why you're here. Give me more. <laughs> I'm supposed to be waited on. That's the point of a waiter job. And so he leaves. And he just quits. So he goes back and he looks for a job. In the department. I'll get to that in a second. He looks for a job and he finds this one where he goes to this club. I don't even know what it is. He goes in and, and he just starts dancing for this guy. And then the guy looks at him and after he dances, he said, that was pretty good. Now let's see your penis. So he walks out of the building and litters the scumbag. And then he goes home and starts looking for a new apartment. (laughs) He already has an apartment. He, why, and he just quit his job. Oh, and get this. Ben quit his job, too. Yeah. For Arthur. Even though Ben likes it there. But what makes me really curious is why is Ben working at a freaking diner when he has a nurse degree? Yeah. Go work as a nurse, you idiot. And do music as a hobby. (sighs) And so... Arthur... Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so after this, he's like, "Okay, uh, oh my gosh, this is, uh, I cannot believe how bad this movie is." Okay, wait, wait, so, wait. We should mention like how it looks. Oh right, we should. This movie looks like it was shot on, on like one of those razor phones that Verizon sold that everyone was so big on. Imagine like, like it looks cheaper than an iPhone. Imagine like a '90s home video recorder that recorded like directly onto VHS tapes. Right. That that's pretty much it. And you could just pop the movie in, and that's it. There's no quality to it. You know the lighting. They don't. They didn't care about the lighting. Um. Yeah, I was just like blown away by how amateur it was. There's only one good shot in the movie, and I'm pretty sure they like probably downloaded it off of Internet Archives. Which one is that? It's the... just the shot of the of the the sunset. Oh, right. And it's like got a little silhouette of the buildings, but it's just one of those silly landscape shots. It doesn't mean it's a good shot. It's just it's the only one that doesn't look that cheap. And then the rest, it, it the, the 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 headroom is horrible. There's one scene where you see a tripod on the back. Uh, it 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 is one of the cheapest looking movies I've ever seen. You will see better movies shot by five year olds on their iPhone. Really? I mean, at least they're in HD. Right, and or, you know, have some the four to three. It's you know the new thing. Like Birdemic looks cheap, but at least it's. At least they understood that HD looks a little better now. Like, when this was made, no one used digital video or no one used video or VHS for actual movie projects. Unless they were just having fun. 
this is a legitimate project. Back then, you had to get film if you wanted to have a film look good. Mm-hmm. And like following. Yeah, this is about this is about five years after following was made. Uh, and well, when was if, if even that? All that following was, was made not, in '98. It was '98, yeah. So it was. It's like literally maybe four years after. Maybe, maybe three in terms of production. Yeah. But it looks amazingly cheap. Terrible, like the sound. Sometimes you can't even hear the actors. Like and the ADR is horrendous. There's never, it's never, there's never like a boom mic to record no. the audio. It's all shot from the camera. Yeah, it's literally like an old film I made when I was a kid called, uh, uh, can't believe I'm bringing this up. <laughs> How to eat gummy worms. <laughs> it, it it made no sense. But honestly, it looked better than this movie. Yeah. And I shot it on like some big fat camera that I had that we had at our house. That's what I made the majority of my old movies on, and it still looked better. The first um, like legitimate short that I made, I guess, that had any sort of like narrative to it, um, was like, yeah, so much better. It's like it starts with like an opening montage of me and my nephew running down the street with par- paranoid android playing in the background and it's that, that i'm i'm not a hipster and it's, <laughs> i heard that song and i'm like oh my gosh i'm going to use this in something but it's like you know that that whole scene deserved an oscar compared to this speaking par- of oscar paranoia uh, deserved an oscar compared to this this hey. man this man is me. Shut up. Um, speaking of Oscar, yeah, I, I will get to Samurai Vich's ego in a minute. <laughs> um, so I'm going to continue reading the little plot story. Uh, okay. To finance his education, Arthur tracks down his estranged brother, Victor, whom he hasn't spoken to for seven years. Victor is a religious fanatic who believes that fanatic who believes that Arthur's homosexuality is a sign of demonic possession. Although Victor himself appears to be flamboyantly gay. Because he is. Even greeting Arthur in a pink feathered bathrobe. <laughs> Although Victor <laughs> lashes out at Arthur for his failure to turn straight, he nonetheless offers to give Arthur money for college if he would bring Ben by the apartment and allow him to evangelize. Thank you for paying my tuition. <laughs> What's the uh, problem? Oh, um, Victor is played by a gay porn star. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna bring that up. Uh, I took your thunder. Uh, so uh, I don't care. Um, this is one of the weirdest scenes in the movie, and actually, it's every actually every scene in this movie is weird, but. This is this is a particularly stupid scene because this is goes, where the, this is where the ignorance really starts to kick in. Yeah, he he goes up to his brother's house and um, his brother opens the door and he's like, "Hello, who are you?" So they haven't seen each other in seven years. They are like in their thirties. Even if you hadn't seen your brother. For like, even if it had been seven years since you've seen somebody who you've known since your date of birth, 
you recognize them. It's like there's a scene in the Truman Show where where uh, it's like an early in the movie where um, the if you don't know anything about the Truman Show, he's like he's on the show, yada yada. Anyway, the the whole point is he sees his dad who he believes to be dead. He's got a big beard on and he looks nasty and trashy. Even with the beard on, he still goes, Dad? Because he sees that little bit of resemblance to him. Any human being would recognize their brother after seven years. Even like, even if you're like... You're giving Sam too much credit. He's not a human being. Yeah, good point. <laughs> but it's been like... They're like 30. So chances are the last time they saw each other was like 23 or 24 or something. That's not a much of a growth thing unless, I don't know, I'm looking too far into this, but that just really struck me as stupid. So Vic, so Ben, so Arthur goes into Victor's room and they hang out and the first thing Victor says when they go into the house is he's sitting down, there's a picture of Jesus on the wall, <laughs> he's petting a cat evilly and holding a Bible and he asks Arthur, Arthur, have you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and gotten rid, rid of these ridiculous, evil, sexual urges? So this is really where the movie starts getting really uh, unbelievably idiotic. <laughs> um, even... Even homosexuals will look at this movie and go, whoa, you are crossing a line that should never be crossed. It is ridiculous because, like, you can, tell, you can tell that it's, like, pro-gay, pro-homosexual. Yeah. But it's like, e they even get the homosexual stuff wrong. They make homosexuals all look like buffoons. They make all Christians look like buffoons. They make all workers look like buffoons. What doesn't make sense to me is while the main character hates religion, he wants to get married by a priest. Uh-huh. That makes no sense at all. I mean, I don't know. Some people may be like that. I don't... To me, that doesn't make sense. If you hate religion so much why would you want to get married in a church or why would you want to get legally married when usually the people who legally marry you or the people who marry you are religious leaders mm -hmm. but uh so yeah his brother is unbelievable unbelievably religious like unbelievably claims, yeah and cl claims that Arthur's uh, homosexuality is a demonic possession thing yeah you don't really tell your brother that you think he's demonically possessed after seven yeah. years of not seeing him. Yeah, if you want to come across good to people, you don't say that that kind of stuff. If you want to help him, that isn't the road you start on. But he he still accepts his money. Yes. So Arthur, while Arthur considers Victor's offer, offer. Wait. Oh right. Yes. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. Hold on. 
I'm trying to read this. It nonetheless offers to give Arthur money for college if he will bring Ben by the apartment and allow him to evangelize. While Arthur considers Victor's author offer, he and Ben hire an attorney to consult him for advice on getting married. Despite Ben still being legally married to Tammy, the attorney counsels them to travel to Vermont be wed oh i forgot about talking about this be wed in a civil union then return to california and attempt to be recognized as members of a domestic partnership the two take her advice and are wed in a private ceremony in vermont this is one of the biggest plot holes of the movie the first five minutes is devoted to their disappointment disappointment <laughs> um <laughs> over them not being able to get married in hawaii but then he tells Tammy, like a minute later, we can get married in Vermont. Why didn't they just go to Vermont? Okay. Oh, okay, you want to? All right, yeah, go. Like, what? You could have saved you know, the entire hissy fit. Yes, by yes. Just going to Vermont. Two things. One, if this was available the whole time, the first act of the act <laughs> that's giving it too much credit the first part of the movie is completely pointless did you just read it now what no, no, no. Okay. um two if this was new information why is it being delivered so subtly and inconsequentially yeah it's like oh okay we can get married in vermont now Right, it, like the, the beginning of the movie was them getting so excited about being married in Hawaii. Well, think about this too. They were going to have their wedding in Hawaii. They were so excited about it. And when they figure out that they can't get married in Hawaii, Ben goes, well, I guess there's no point in going to Hawaii. You bought the tickets. Go to freaking Hawaii. Take a vacation. Or you can go to Vermont, get married, and then go to Hawaii and have a honeymoon. That makes so much more sense than just not going to Hawaii. When you buy tickets to Hawaii and you really want to go to Hawaii, you go to Hawaii. You don't just not go. It's like a vacation. Both of you hate your jobs. And obviously you took the time to buy tickets without consulting your boss about it. <laughs> Considering the time when you bought the tickets, you were still in your jobs. You didn't even like ask if you could take like a week off. You said, we're going to Hawaii. You see, the thing is, they don't... This is, like, crazy in terms of screenwriting. They write on the surface. They only, like, wrote in a direction, and they didn't think about, like, the consequences of what they were writing. Right. And They're just like, we need this to go in this direction, and we need things to happen to get us there, but they don't make sense. Right. It's uh, It's lazy. It's so lazy. So yeah, uh, they hire an attorney who could possibly be the greatest actress of the 21st century. Easily. Just beats Tommy Wiseau by a long shot. And Nicolas Cage. In terms of actresses. Yes. Um, <laughs> so, they get married to the priest. To a pr they, get married in, <laughs> they get married in Vermont. <laughs> by a priest who is really concerned about the rings. <laughs> Do you have the rings? So there's a segment when they're getting married where they go, 
can I have the rings? And they just, they waste like two minutes going like, we can't find the rings. It's like, well, the ring does not matter because it is a symbol of love. This guy's awesome. I, l- <laughs> I love the priest. He's funny. Um, but yeah, they, that happens. And they get married, and then, uh, gosh, this movie's so bad. I keep, I, I cannot believe how bad this movie is. Um, hold on a second. So Arthur hasn't responded to Victor's offer in a while. So, because of this, he hires a private investigator to tail Ben and Arthur. No, no. Oh, no, a private investigator intern (laughs) who demands $800 per day. (laughs) So he is a non-paid intern, private investigator who wants $800 per day. And then he asked him how many how many days it'll take him. He said it'll take two days. Why didn't you just say sixteen hundred dollars for two days? Look, you have to you have to say the best the best line of this scene. Um, while they're talking, out of nowhere, well, <laughs> a uh, private investigator's main job is to stalk somebody. Mm-hmm. Is to stalk somebody watching what they're doing. They're they're. Their questionable moral values have nothing to do with anything. And while they're talking, Arthur, the private investigator just simply at just simply says, "I think it's morally wrong what you're doing." Well, Arthur, <laughs> Arthur's just like, "I want you to uh, what? What does he say? Um, like, I want you to like uh, spy on my brother Victor for whatever reason. It's like some, some like my. I don't remember what he says. I think he mentions Christianity." Yeah. Um, but he's like, I want you to spy on my brother. Oh no, no. Um, it, it's Victor. I want you to spy on my homosexual brother. And he's like, I think it's morally wrong what you're what doing. You're doing? <laughs> it's just like blatantly, like that's the next line. It's like, oh, okay. And it's like, it's like, I, I, you know, I, 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 I don't care about your moral wrongs. I'm paying you, right? Am I paying you? The the guy who plays Victor has the most annoying voice I've ever heard in my life. I I hate the way he talks. I, I, it's so it's so annoying. He's, he tries to be awesome. He's like, I'm I'm the bad guy. I'm bad yeah. Christian. Uh. Uh, anyway, the private investigator tells Victor about the men's marriage and their attempt to get their union recognized in California. How he figured that out, I have no idea. He just literally. This is how the scene goes. He talks to Victor, goes out of the room. It says two days later. Well, I don't even know if it says that. And then the next shot, it just shows Victor on a rooftop. And then he gets a call <laughs> or or vice or the other guy's on a rooftop. And he's like, I got all the information you need. And he's like, okay, cool. So Victor follows the attorney. Who How, how he even knows who it is, I have no idea. And kills her. And he murders the attorney. This is the, I, this I, is the Christian guy. I don't even think the private attorney told... I don't even think... I don't even think the, yeah, the I don't, <laughs> private attorney. I don't even think the, the private intern told Victor about the, the, the attorney. 
what what would the attorney have to do with anything? Just because she was involved with their decisions does not mean that she's involved with like their moral values. Killing the attorney isn't going to like stop them with what they're doing. Right. And it's like it's like killing a dentist to provide like stop someone from getting dental care. Right. <clears throat> so, um at the same time, at the same time this happens, Tammy arrives at Arthur's apartment and tries to force Ben to take her back at gunpoint. But Ben successfully disarms her and throws her out. That's a really stupid scene because Tammy comes in with a gun and the first thing she asks is, remember me? Yeah. After after he says, Tammy? Just, uh, I cannot wait to talk about the holy water. Anyway. Oh, that's amazing. So following their attorney's death, Ben and Arthur agree to come to Victor's apartment. Okay, this movie, they deal with really traumatic instances, like, really well. Like, they take these things really, really well. But they take little small predicaments really badly. Does it, like, the murder of people? Like, the murder of characters... That's okay. But, like, Tammy coming in and threatening him at gunpoint, they, like, never talk about it again. The Twinkies are more of an issue than her. <laughs> we'll get to that. <laughs> Following their attorney's death, Ben and yeah. Rather than evangelize, Victor and another con- uh, congregant from his church, Stan played by the famous Richard Hitchcock, lash out at the couple with homophobic insults and slurs. When Ben and Arthur leave, Victor and Stan start making plans to exercise the couple by feeding them holy water that Stan has cooked in his kitchen. (laughs) Just let that sentence sink in for a second. When Ben and Arthur leave, Victor and Stan start making plans to exercise the couple by feeding them holy water that Stan has cooked in his kitchen. (laughs) There's the scene. He's like, he has water boiling on the stove and he's like pouring spices into it. Like he pours like cumin and salt. <laughs> and I think that's it. <laughs> that's holy water. So they put it in a bottle of water. They put it like this bottle. They put a little rope around it and they put it on Arthur's uh, doorknob. They tape it to his door. Just yeah, they tape they, it. They tape it directly yeah. to his front door. So Arthur comes out, opens the door, and finds it. No, doesn't he come home? Or does no no, he just randomly opens the door, doesn't he? Well, the guy uh the guy knocks. It's like a prank. Oh, right. It's like it's like those pranks where you put the, the, the fiery poop bag in front of the door. <laughs> That's what Victor's doing here. So he knocks on the door and he runs. And so Arthur gets the bottle of water and he looks at it and he instantly knows what it is. He, he automatically looks at it and goes, oh, man, it's Victor's holy water. How would he know he hasn't seen Victor in seven years? How would he know about his religious conundrums? Like, especially like this. <sighs> holy water. How would he look at this and go, he would look at it and go, hey, a bottle of water is on our door. He would taste it. It would taste like cumin and salt and water. He would spit it out and throw it away. (laughs) He would never know that it was holy water. This scene 
boggles my mind so much. I mean, it makes no logical sense in any way. What What's really funny about it is how it, this is this is probably how Sam thinks religious people are. And the funny thing is, is this is how he thinks gay people are. He's gay. He's actually gay. The guy who made this movie is a homosexual. And he gets everything wrong. <laughs> uh, so the plot fails. And Ben and Arthur leave town to enjoy a honeymoon in Hawaii. How they had the ticket still, I don't know. Because... If they were getting going to go get married and they were getting packed the plane would have left already yeah it's been like five days if, if, if probably more than that and they allowed attention with victor to blow over and ben and arthur's absence victor is summoned to church by his priest oh this is the this is a great scene no oh. father rabin played <laughs> by the famous bill hendley um Rabin informs him that he is excommunicated because the congregation does not want the relative of a homosexual attending church services, fearful that he will bring bad karma and negative energy. First off, religious people don't believe in karma. Two... Christians, at least, anyway. Yeah, they don't. But, two... Why would you kick someone out for having a relative that's homosexual? Um, I guarantee... Every family in the world has a homosexual relative of some kind. And how did his priest even know that he had a homosexual brother? Yeah. Did he tell him? No. Uh, so a dejected Victor reaches out to Stan for help, who helps Victor come to an agreement with Father Rabin that Victor will be permitted to rejoin the church if he successfully murders Ben and Arthur. To this end, they hire a hitman named Scott, <laughs> <laughs> who's fa whom Father Rabin has apparently used to kill homosexuals in the past. Oh, this, I, is, I, <laughs> this is really where the movie gets out of touch with reality yeah i mean um, it's like i can't even like describe how ignorant this is it's like this was meant to be a series film what kills me about it is this honestly seems like a satire of the way homosexuals are treated by christians yeah it doesn't seem like an actual thing it seems like a joke. It seems like something that SNL would make. Mm -hmm. It is that silly. Like you could probably go on SNL, say these lines, and it would still be funny and just absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Ben and Arthur return to Hawaii. Um, ben is gay bashed. By Victor and Scott. Uh, the attack uh, fails to kill him, and Ben is hospitalized. Wait a minute. They don't... They don't talk about one of the best scenes in the movie. The bike? Um, what was that scene? Oh, yeah! They're just talking, and there's some character development going on. 
And Ben and Arthur talk about the first time that that and Arthur and Ben announced that he was gay. And they like apparently went out to eat at a restaurant at a, eat at a restaurant. And Ben did something bad or acting like he wasn't gay. And Arthur says, "My heart, my liver, my my stomach fell right onto the floor," which is a, an exact uh, rip off of Dog Day Afternoon. Um, and then Arthur, then Ben punches Arthur in the face, and then he wakes up and everything's forgiven. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> oh, and uh, there's another scene where uh, Ben uh, Arthur explains to Ben how he got a million dollar life insurance policy. Uh, uh it's like. What? What? I, I, I he went to the grocery store. Apparently, they had a sale. So I guess he got it from there. I guess they had a sale. They had a sale. It was in the clearance bin. Yeah. Oh look. Um, let me see. Uh, yeah. Uh, suspecting his brother's involvement, Arthur breaks into Victor's apartment and taps his phone. He'll record everything. <laughs> I rec- <laughs> After intercepting a call implicating Victor and Father Rabin, or Rabin, I don't know, Arthur goes to Victor's church, chloroforms Dr. Rabin, and then murders him by burning his church down. Wait, hold on. We need to talk about the set. Right. The set of... of, You uh, You basically see, when people enter the church, you see them like... Going into a building. Yeah. Building. And it's really weird, because it's like... The camera is on the other side of the street. And it's like zoomed in really far. Yeah. I don't understand that. But it's like this building. And then they walk but, in. But the set is um, one of the greatest achievements in, um, in cinematic history. Um, it's, it's so... It's a, it's a beautiful thing. Little um, box. <laughs> yeah. It is literally like a giant uh, cardboard box that was put together piece by piece and stood up by like brooms so it wouldn't fall down. And then they painted a little window on it and then a little cross. And then a weird picture of Jesus. Yeah. And keep in mind they're Catholic, kind of. So they don't really. I don't think the Catholic religion talks about Jesus much. If I'm wrong, please post a comment on this web zone and tell me I'm wrong. Um, so the set is amazing, and then there's like a little table. Oh, and they're actually like paintings of candle candles. I think yeah on the wall. And it's like so authentic. Um, um, it really makes Eraserhead's production uh, and sets have a run for its money. You're completely right. It's like this one, like this one set. Like I can't even explain it in words. Um, I I saw it when I was watching it, and I uh, I had a BM. But it just uh, I, I was lucky because I was actually on the toilet as I watched this movie. 
it, it really reminded me of the great, beautiful sets that were in um, Metropolis, um, which are some of the most gorgeous ever made. But Metropolis really... Um, you, you, can, you can tell that, you know... There, there was influence. Between 1927 and 2002 that we have... We've progressed. We have progressed. We have gone forward. <laughs> We've gone forward with our ways of production design. And it, it makes me so proud to watch a film like this and see that we have gotten this far. It's, yeah, I, you're, you're making me cry. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, after Ben has, has sufficiently recovered, Arthur takes him back home to their apartment, deciding what the next attempt on the men's lives... <laughs> wait. Deciding that the next attempt on the man's lives must be more drastic, Arthur, uh, Victor and Scott go go to Ben and Arthur's apartment with guns at the last minute. Uh, Victor tells Scott that he wants to kill them himself and just sends Scott away. So Scott is rendered pointless. <laughs> Bye, Scott. Bye. So Victor rings the apartment's doorbell, and when Ben answers, he fatally shoots him. Mm-hmm. Um, ladies and gentlemen, we... We're about to discuss one of the most <sighs> You tell there, me There's I know there's a couple things that we haven't touched on yet before we move on to the end. This is this is the finale of Ben and Arthur. Um What were you going to touch on before we get on to this amazing ending? Now, we're we're about to lose one of the best characters in this movie, if not in the history of storytelling. Um, I mean, Travis Bickle versus Ben, you know, it's, um, we're, we're just going to kind of like, uh, we're going to reflect back on who Ben (laughs) was. Okay. He's a man who had his bike stolen. Oh, right. (laughs) How did we forget this? No, that's why they had the argument. Yes. I forgot it. How did we completely forget about the bike? I don't know. All right. Are you going to talk about the bike? Sure. Um, Okay. So I don't know how this scene starts, but basically Ben goes in. I do. I do. Okay, go. They're just talking. And then that woman who wanted coffee earlier said the garage has been broken into for no reason. Okay. Okay. So they have this parking garage in their apartment complex it looks completely open to the world okay i don't know how you break into this completely open parking garage i don't even know how you are there any parking garages you can break into period because you have to drive your car into it i think that you can fit as a human being into this parking garage anyway so he walks into this parking garage looks at something we get a shot of nothing, and he goes like, oh, no. <laughs> and us as an audience is completely confused for the first time. We think the car's been stolen. Yeah, we think a car has been stolen. But then he goes up and says, my bike's been stolen. <laughs> they never talk about a bike once. And You never see a bike. And this plot point is never brought up again. It's just a way to start an argument. That that's seriously it. Yeah, they start talking, and then Arthur starts. Ta- then Arthur 
brings up this conversation about how when they their first like homosexual date, I guess. And it's like it's like Sam wanted it's like okay, I want these two characters to have a conflict. Yeah. And he had no good way to start it. It's like really really. <sighs> uh, poor Ben. It's one of the, and 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 there's also another thing that Ben is very fascinated with. Very fascinated. I mean, he has an amazing grocery list. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Arthur Arthur's just going to the store, going to go get some groceries, and uh Ben is in the kitchen washing dishes. Um <laughs> Oh <my> gosh. <laughs> Oh Ben, we love you, Ben. Um, he's in the kitchen washing. He's a modern pickle. <laughs> modern pickle. He's washing the dishes, and Arthur is about to go out the door, and he asks Ben if he wants anything. Bradley, what is? Can you quote his... this? What well, can you quote this verbatim? What is his shopping list? What are the things he needs from the store? Some Twinkies, some Skittles, and uh, um, uh, um, some soda, too. These, if, you look at, <laughs> if, you, if, if, if you look at Ben, he's not really the one who looks like he would want a Twinkie. No. In all honesty, he's probably the most fit guy in this movie. Which and segues if, into the poster. Yeah, if you look at the poster... He is the poster, and on the back is Arthur with his hands up in the air, blurred in the back. The poster is so manipulative. It looks... Like a softcore porn. Yeah. And, like, I showed my mom this poster. I said, this is the worst movie ever made. And she goes, is that porn? (laughs) And I was like, if you... That's exactly... that's like the exact reaction you see when you see this poster. I thought I thought that's what it was, and then Alex brought it up to me like when we had just like just got started talking, and he was like, "Well, have you heard of Ben and Arthur?" And I go, "No," and he says, "Well, look it up." And I didn't know it was as bad. I thought it was just I was scared to because I thought it would be like like a really bad you know. Little, little gay porno. Yeah. But no. It's it's something worse. Yes. It's it's, ri- it's Ben rid- and Arthur. It's ridiculous because it's like I didn't even recognize Ben from the poster when I was watching the movie because the movie is shot so poorly and the poster is like okay. <laughs> yeah, they spent like I, all their budget money on like to hire a photographer to shoot one picture. Like honest to God, I don't even know if that is Ben. It's <laughs> like it might be his brother. It's like the faces don't match. Yeah. I, it's like yeah. It's completely uh Ben looks like diverting. a dweeb the whole movie. Kiddos. <laughs> Dinkies right. and some soda. <laughs> and sadly we never know if he actually got those items. Um, because we, he's dead. We never see them in the movie, so they may have been stolen like the bike for all we know. Um because people break into the parking garage all the time, you know. Correct. Poor Ben. So he gets killed. 
which leads to Victor going up to Arthur at gunpoint, forcing him to strip naked. He's going to baptize him. And baptize him. In the bathtub. In the bathtub. So he does so. They baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, Father. and the Holy Spirit. Oh, it's like I'm watching this, and I'm like, forgive me, God. That's... <laughs> I was asking forgiveness from every from every religion for watching this. I'm sorry, Buddha. I didn't mean it. I, I'm sorry that this exists. It's, it's like, like you question your existence during even, this part. Even homosexuals will look at this movie and go, "No, no, 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 no. There, there's no way." You can you can't be serious, and so yeah, he baptizes him. The movie is like dragging on its hind legs at this point. We're like yeah. an hour and however long in, and scenes have been recycled, and this freaking naked scene is taking forever. We have we have to point this out. After we are done talking about the movie, we have to talk about Sam's Facebook page. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um uh. <laughs> <laughs> So Victor contemplates when he's done. Arthur slips away and gets the gun that Ben and earlier confiscated from Tammy. That was like the only foreshadowing in the movie, and it's actually okay. But it leads to this. Dressed in a bathrobe and briefs, a hysterical Arthur, reenacting one of the final scenes of Scarface, propositions Victor while holding him at gunpoint, accusing him of lashing out to try combat his own, trying to combat his own repressed homosexuality. When Arthur fires a warning shot, Victor pulls out his own gun and shoots Arthur in the chest and back several times. This is the greatest scene in movie history. In turn, Arthur manages to fire off a single shot, which which hits Victor in the forehead, instantly killing him. Before Arthur dies of his own wounds. Um, well, well, let's I, go back. Yeah, do you want to talk about uh, Arthur's lapse into insanity before he dies? This has no sense. This is where, like, okay, it's the end of the movie. You've experienced all this crap. This is where you're just like, no. No, I'm done. This is, I don't want this anymore. When the movie was over, it was like it was like the first time I had seen um What's a movie that really hit me powerfully? Dear I know you weren't a big fan of it, but I was reminded of when I first watched Pan's Labyrinth because that was such a big change for me because I was like one of the first movies like the, one of the first four that was like the first foreign film I've ever seen and the one where you like you, you first kind of took it you, in to a point yeah and it was it's a really violent and brutal film mm-hmm. and and I had never really watched a violent and brutal film before like really and then I watched this and I'm just like whoa I was a little little struck because the ending is horrifically sad but it's happy at the same time and in all these emotions and stuff it's almost when like I Brazil fin- at the end. Yeah, 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 yeah. But after I watched Ben and Arthur, that is how I felt. 
I felt like I had never seen anything as disturbing as this. When Arthur hits on his own brother, he, like, goes, you know you want to F me. And he's, like, rubbing down his fat belly fat. <laughs> and he's, he's like, like, touching his chest through his robe. And he's, like... Mm-hmm. And his... And his, uh... His, uh... His cookie dough. And he, Sam thinks he's hot. It's just so obvious. Yeah. He, he thinks he's a hottie. He's not. And he's... He gives Tarantino a run for his money on the whole inflated ego thing. What really bugs me about the scene is this. He's a homosexual... And this is a scene which really pretty much makes makes it believe that all homosexuals, if any man approaches them, they get turned on. Uh-huh. There, if it's a like... big, if a large, overweight, semi-Asian-looking woman <laughs> came up to me and started hitting on me... I thought you were talking I, about Sam for a second there. I wouldn't feel very... I, my urges really wouldn't explode. They just oh. wouldn't. If a large, chunky, semi-Asian-looking man goes up to a gay man, I'm pretty sure it's the same instance. Especially if it's your own freaking brother. There's um, not that I uh, controversial things. I'm just gonna say, not that I support homosexuality. Um, that's a different. That's a different debate. But um, there is a big misunderstanding with it because a lot of people, because it's a sexual difference, people see only that. They think that like gays are just you know horn dogs, who yeah. are just like I love men. And then, like, they think that, you know, just sex on their mind all the time, which isn't but, the way it works. But this is the thing, Alex. <laughs> Christians, bad, stupid Christians think that. I'm yeah. a Christian. Yeah. But these are ignorant Christians who think this. Yeah. This, and is, then a, it, it's, this is a gay man. And he's doing it. I know. And he's making that stereotype. I know. He's just burying himself in a hole. <sighs> it's like, how could you do such a thing? It's like, I can't even comprehend this ending. It is one of the most horrific things ever shot on film, or or video, or iPhones, or whatever he shot. Whatever he shot on, a potato. (laughs) Yes. Um, So... It ends on the same note as The Room. It, it It tries to take, like, a tragic turn... Yeah. And pulling our heartstrings because apparently we're supposed to care about these characters. I don't know. But it's hilarious. It is it, hilarious. It, it, this is funny. About the room, Tommy Wiseau is barely in it. Yeah, you're right. Like, I, I, as I watched the movie, he's not in it much. But Arthur, he's in every scene, literally. He's in almost every scene. He, he, or he, he's either in every scene or he is talked about in every scene. He's the yeah. He's basically the central focal point, and Ben is just like the little. Ben is there. He's like the housewife who stays at home and eats Twinkies all day. Right. Um, (laughs) So, 
I'm looking at a. I'm looking at a. Uh, what are you looking at? I'm looking at his Facebook. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at his About Sam. In 1994, he graduated high school. In, 19, seven, in 1995 to 1997, he had crazy young years. In 1998, he wait, moved wait. to this. Say that again? From 1995 to 1997, he had crazy young years. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> I, I'm reading this verbatim. Nineteen ninety eight, moved to City of My Dreams, Hollywood, California, to prefer, to pursue music and filmmaking. This is the best part. Two thousand one, finished a film and it made it to worldwide release in all major retail stores like Block, Blockbuster called Ben and Arthur. That just shows how much of a confused ego this dude has. He wants to be recognized by the Directors Guild. And the and the Academy of Motion Pictures and Sciences. Um, it's unbelievable how this guy works. Now, we're going to talk about another little thing about Samurai Bitch. If there's one thing he knows more than anybody. It is how to write a screenplay. Yes, I was about to mention this. He knows how to write a screenplay. Um, ladies and gentlemen, really go on YouTube and look up. Just type in like Sam Ravitch screenplay, how to write whatever. Right. Um, and it's on his actual page too. Yes. This is a very strange man. Uh, I don't understand his... I don't understand his... What's going on with his life. But I, I want to talk about a few other things, too. On, on the IMDb uh, section, or the review section of Ben and Arthur, there are several 10-star rated uh, reviews of Ben and Arthur. All of them are kind of written the same way. Uh-huh. All of them explain how the film has is has is a groundbreaking experience in terms of gay rights. And one person said um, that uh, it's basically the reason why. Um, they they started becoming an advocate for gay marriage. Um, some make fun of it. Some make fun of it. Uh, the, some of the ten. Then you have uh, like you know, oh, this is like the best worst movie I've seen, kind of a thing. Yeah, and then you have this. Um, th- this like this. Listen to this. This was a remarkable film. The author was. Vim8465 from Los Angeles, USA. Wow, what can I say? This is truly an amazing film. What a shock of an ending. The story was very well written and kept me wanting to know more and more. That guy, Sam Marivich, really put a lot of work into it, and it really showed. You don't see movies like that anymore where one person has all the say in every aspect. That's probably one reason it was good, because you didn't have too many people trying to put their needless two cents in. 
I can't believe that ending, though. Wow. That took me by surprise. I'm amazing how the director found a way to get a digital film projected onto a screen at the Sunset 5 Theater on Sunset Boulevard. Great sound, too, for an independent. <laughs> so obvious. He wrote that. Yeah. Uh, here's another one. Um, great idea. This is from London. The film I got over eBay and I first heard about is it, first heard about it in an interview while visiting America and the Advocate they did with Sam Raivich. The film lived up to what I thought it would be about. I hope the USA will allow gays the right to get married soon because over here in England, it will be celebrated once the U.S. comes up to date with the times. Over here in England, a gay man can serve openly in the armed forces. I don't understand why the U.S. is so concerned about something like that. One day, I'm sure it will be changed. Who knows how long, it'll, though. Our lives, maybe, maybe not. I would have I would say this film is close to a political statement as ever. It, it for sure does not make the first commercial film list. It what? You have to be ready for a huge punch when watching this film Sam Maravich wrote and directed. Punch to the face of agony. Oh, and here's another one. Quite remarkable. The New World of Honey 80. Uh Okay. This movie inspired me to be an advocate for gay marriage. It's funny, this movie came out back in 2002, but I'm just hearing of it now. I think the, the movie had a sad ending. The idea was really good in terms of how society really treats the whole gay marriage idea. I didn't even personally know gays could not get married in the U.S. I'm only 22 years old, and when I saw this movie, I finally realized how far we go to get full equality. This movie really makes me mad how far behind we are in society with gay rights. So this movie is right. Religion does not help our cause either for rights. Anyone who is gay and religious is... Re- Anyone who is gay and religious is retarded. Oh my gosh. This is, I, this is worse than I ever could have imagined. I don't think this is Sam Mariavich. I think this is an actual guy who thinks this is a good movie. The, okay. The sad thing. Wait, this is the only thing he reviewed. It might be Sam Raivich. <laughs> if I mean, if there are people like this taking this movie seriously and thinking that this is reality, heaven help us. Do 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 do. Yep, he. Ha- th- this got to be him. <sighs> because he's not, he's it's the only thing he reviewed. Ben Arthur is. Without a doubt, in my opinion, at least, the worst movie I've ever seen in my life. I would agree. It is offensive. It's insulting. It's badly made. It's badly directed. It's badly written. It's badly produced. It's badly acted. It's badly uh, everything. And Twinkies, Skittles, (laughs) sodas, they have totally been disrespected by this horrible film. I hate it so much. It is unfathomable, fathomable, and I'm planning on making a review of it soon. I will touch down on a little few more details that we didn't do, but oh gosh. It's amazing. It's like it's an anomaly. It's a, it's a miracle. It, it's like everything about this movie and this guy just I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't even understand. It's really a movie you have to, to, to kind of see to believe. Yes. Like, seriously, try and give it a shot. Like, try and watch the beginning of the movie. Try and watch the first ten minutes. I don't know how I sat through this whole movie. I, I don't know. But 
But the funny thing is, it's like it's like passing a train. It's like passing a big, bad, bloody wreck on a highway, and you just can't take your eyes off of it. Pretty much, except. That, and thankfully, you know, the bloody wreck makes you laugh a couple times. But yeah, that, that's the <laughs> thing about that is just that, like real, just like real roadkill on the highway. You know. Yeah, I mean but, that's a little more. I'm going to hell anyway. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, this, this it's one of the most horrific instances of filmmaking. Ugh. That's pretty much the best way to end our discussion is just with a massive groan of discontent. Oh my gosh, a plane. Um, a massive groan of discontentment. Is that a word? It is now. Uh, and uh, idea. and uh, freaking black children. Um, <laughs> my dog is even expressing his pain in this movie. Tell him, buddy. Tell him. What do you think? <laughs> That's perfect. That was perfect. That's perfect. Good job, Ladies buddy. and gentlemen, that was our latest edition of Filmhead. Um, yeah. What? Phil- what? 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 Mm, what? What? Were you going to do plugs and things? Go ahead. We're going to say. Feel free to do what? What were we going to say? I was just going to. I was about to talk about what we were going to do next. Oh, I have no idea. Yeah, we're going to have to decide that because uh, we haven't actually even talked on Skype for a long time. No. Um, we'll decide something. We'll maybe post it on the uh, the face space, the my book. Um, <laughs> feel free to contact us at filmheadpodcast at gmail.com. Um, like us on Facebook and Twitter and check our emails. Check all the emails on our web zone. Um, complimentary pizza roll. If you uh, if you prefer, you can watch us on YouTube uh, using our videos. Because I, if you go to Filmhead Podcast, search that on YouTube, you'll find all of our episodes. Um, and we also are on iTunes, obviously, because we're a podcast. Find us there. Uh, please rate. And subscribe to the show. We'd appreciate it a lot. Um, I think that's it. Is that it? That's correct. That's correct. Okay. That that was great. That was good. It's good to be back. Freaking planes. What are they doing? Shut up, plane. The plane? I think that's uh, Ben and Arthur passing over on their way to Vermont. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, guys. Have a good trip. (laughs) All right. Well... Uh, is that it? I can't That's think of. It. I can't think of anything else. Um, yeah. Okay, guys. Um, until next time. Hopefully, we'll uh, probably do one next month. Maybe if we can decide upon one. Just stay tuned. And um, until next time, happy watching. Happy watching. <laughs>